Welcome to the ASCD Connect podcast, supporting you on your journey as a life-changing educator. Here's your host for today's program. With each new book that came off press, Maya Angelou, one of the greatest storytellers of all time, would be hit by a tinge of self-doubt. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out, she'd think. Why is self-doubt such a pernicious problem for leaders, including those in education systems? Our guest today, Elizabeth Damp, is no stranger to imposter syndrome. A district administrator at Round Lake Area Schools 116 in the Chicago area, Damp wrote a recent blog post for ASCD called A Cure for the Imposter Syndrome Crisis in Education Leadership. I'm Sarah McKibben, ASCD's Director of Digital and Editorial Content, and I'm happy to be joined today by Elizabeth Damp. Welcome to our program, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Yeah, so let's talk about imposter syndrome. What is it and how do you see it showing up in your own practice as a district administrator? Yeah, so imposter syndrome, it's actually pretty complex, but the simple version is it is the feeling that you are a failure, even though you know that you're not and your circumstances show that you're not, but you can't shake this feeling of doubt that maybe there was some sort of horrible mistake and you're actually not cut out to be a leader or to be successful. Um, And I would say I see it showing up a lot and have seen it show up a lot in my role as an administrator because we find ourselves in so many situations for which there just is no preparation. So like all administrators, I went to a graduate program that gave me a license that says that I am legally allowed to do this. Uh, that didn't prepare me at all for most of the real problems, especially the ones that deal with crises, sticky situations, or just general human error. And so then when I find myself in those moments, the doubt starts to really crop up of maybe even though I've been here for 10 years, I'm not a leader at all. So why do you think self-doubt is so common among education leaders, especially today? Because education has never been more tense and more complicated. And there were so many issues in the industry that were bubbling up before COVID, right? So think of things like teacher turnover, think of things like student mental health and safety and physical safety of staff. Um, If you think about the ever-changing landscape of teacher evaluations and how we should measure teachers' efficacy, um, it's a minefield. And so with all of these potential landmines that you can walk into every single day, no matter what your role there's a lot of room for you to say, this is a totally new uh, situation. This is something that I I wasn't ever really taught how to do or prepared for. Um, And that causes doubt. Well, and then on top of that, any good leader is reflective. So any leader is going to be always looking at, um, well, what did I try? Where did I fall short? What should I do better next time? That's just how we grow, right? Especially in a field where you don't get a ton of feedback necessarily, unless something is going wrong. And that reflection process can be really painful because it involves saying to yourself, this didn't work, or I messed up, or I maybe burned a bridge with someone or destroyed a relationship or didn't roll out this program the way I was supposed to. And you have to admit that before you can say how you're going to do better next time. But sometimes it is just easy to focus on the failures rather than on that step to improvement. Um, So yeah. And then with with teacher burnout being so prevalent now and with turnover being so high, it seems a lot of times like you just can't win. Um, Like I know you can't make everyone happy, but there are days when I feel like I can't make anyone happy. And that really causes, I mean, lately, like that's, that's really been the big source of my personal doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, how does imposter syndrome 
affect a leader's job or specifically their relationships with others? That's a great question. So in terms of how it might affect your relationships with others, there's almost two right answers. Uh, Lean into it and deal with it. So in terms of leaning into it, I think it's perfectly okay for leaders to be upfront about the fact that sometimes they don't know the answer, um, that sometimes they aren't 100% sure that this plan will work, that sometimes they make mistakes, right? So you can, as I was just saying, when you look at, at your own mistakes and your own failures, um, being upfront about those with your staff is something that you should do, right? Because you're a human and you're working with humans. You don't expect them to be perfect. So you don't expect yourself to be perfect. So I think leaning into that. But then I also think the way that doubt can affect how you show up at your job well, the lack of confidence behind your work will impact it. So especially if you're in a situation where you're responsible for leading change, which is most administrators, you have to find the right level of confidence. You don't want to be too brazen and too completely sure that everything that you lead will work because it won't, right? You could be rolling out this amazing change plan that you think will work, but you don't know for sure. You don't have a crystal ball. You can't see into the future. But you also have to inspire a certain amount of confidence in your staff that your leadership is capable and you did do your research and you do have a well thought out plan that you think will get the the intended results. So it's about it's it's about finding that balance between being transparent, being vulnerable, admitting when you don't know how a situation might turn out or how a particular plan might work, but then also still inspiring confidence in your staff. So that's a that's a tricky balance to strike and I think as we look at imposter syndrome, it is going to maybe pull you down towards the being too uh, too nervous, I guess, or too um, uncertain in front of your staff when you should be inspiring a little bit of confidence in them. So do you find that imposter syndrome impacts some of your colleagues more than others? Like, do you see any patterns in, you know, personality traits, demographics, anything like that? I don't know that I would say I see it impacting people more in terms of demographics. And something fascinating is that I also do not see it impacting people based on how long they have been a leader. You would think that more veteran administrators would be better at dealing with doubt because they have a 20-year history of leadership and, you know, they've made lots of mistakes and learned and they feel like they can deal with these things. But I'm I'm thinking of people I know who have been an administrator longer than I have, um, and they themselves don't really seem to have conquered that imposter syndrome or they, you know, perhaps face situations that are very common that you'd be like, well, you know, you deal with this a lot. Eventually you learn how. So I don't know that I can really find any particular trends. Um, I do think that there are people who are so focused on making everyone happy. And that seems to be where the real black hole happens. Um, which we all will say, oh, you can't make everyone happy, but we still try to, right? Because it's much easier to be liked and to have people have a good relationship with you and to make people happy. That always makes you feel better as a leader. But I have noticed that those who try to make everyone happy are perhaps more prone to failing at making everyone happy, but then they take it personally, right? Like they they see it as this huge failure because some of their staff are angry and some parents are very upset and now they have a district person who's angry at them. I've noticed that that seems to be one of the biggest open doors, you know, or maybe another way of looking at it is people who get very angry at themselves when they sense someone else is angry at them, just automatically interpreting that as a failure when, when it isn't. All right. So 
when you find yourself mired in self-doubt, right? What can you do or say to yourself to break out of it? So here's the like, what do we do next, right? I think it depends on where the doubt is coming from, because there are all different types of situations when you might feel yourself being doubtful. Um, For example, when you are trying to sell something that you didn't create. So this is a very common situation for administrators. Um, You're handed some program or policy or practice from on high that might be a district mandate, it might be a state mandate, it might be the ROE, it might be a policy that existed before you were hired and now you have to uphold it because you just got this AP job and here you are defending something that you didn't create and you don't know much about. Um, so that's that's one type of doubt that's coming from a particular type of situation. So in that case, you sort of avoid the obvious pitfalls, right? Don't punt responsibility by saying, oh, the district is making us do this, but I don't want to. Um, But then instead, you figure out what are the answers to the commonly asked questions? How can I talk to teachers in a non-condescending way? How can I talk to them in a way that is solution-focused and receptive to their questions and really even-tempered, but that I'm still collecting maybe a list of questions that I'm going to get answers to or coming up with some possible solutions to whatever it is we're examining? Um, Another very common cause of doubt is when you are dealing with volatile human situations where people are being people and they're being irrational, self-centered, angry, where they're acting completely out of line. And you, the administrator, the, the, the leader in the room, are trying to empathize and deal with all of those volatile human emotions. But you're standing there thinking, I have a master's in educational leadership, not in breaking up a parent fight. But that, that actually happened to me one time. I had to break up a parent fight. And I thought, what what program would have ever prepared me for this? And how am I supposed to connect with these people who are acting like this? And I really want to be compassionate, but I don't have any compassion in me right now. I just don't. And so when when you're in those situations, thinking through, all right, I'm doubting my ability to do this, but I have to do it. So can I at least adhere to maybe two principles doing what is ethically right and separating everyone until we have a chance to have a good conversation. If, if I can do those two things and kind of starting with the simplest possible first step, that's, that's a very good way of addressing that sort of crisis related doubt, I guess, that pops up when you're in the middle of just the most bizarre situation. I could go on. There are so many ways that, that doubt shows up or situations that can cause doubt. When you start to feel that sense of self-doubt arising, is there any self-talk, any mantra you can use to sort of jolt yourself out of it? This is where I think you sort of have to pick your favorite leadership theorist. Um, So I absolutely love Brene Brown's Clear is Kind. Um, She has a great book called Dare to Lead, if you haven't read it. And she gives you all kinds of very specific strategies for dealing with vulnerability, which is the feeling that you feel when you don't know what is going to happen in the future. And so her mantra, Clear is Kind, essentially is don't conceal, don't mince words. Um, You know, don't think that because you have to say X, Y, or Z, you're going to automatically destroy your relationship with the other person. But the kindest thing you can do in most situations is the clearest. And so that doesn't necessarily apply to every single situation I could name, but I think it covers a huge chunk of them. Um, I think it's also a little bit more specific than something that is perhaps too focused on self-esteem. Because here's the other thing about doubt is that sometimes your doubts are justified. 
they, they really might be. You might be saying, okay, I feel like an imposter because I'm speaking for something I don't agree with, or I feel unprepared because I am unprepared, or I feel like I'm messing it up because I am messing it up. So I don't want to suggest that doubt is always unjustified. So something as glib as saying like, you got this, buddy, doesn't always work because you might not have it, right? And like, it, it's entirely possible that you are justified in feeling a little bit uncertain. Um, so I don't like things that are glib. I like things that are specific. And I think that something like be clear so that you can be kind, that gives me something specific I can latch onto in the moment. So whatever it is that I have to say or ask or do, try and be super clear and direct in that moment so that long-term we have a good relationship, right? Clear is kind is something I can bring to mind easily that doesn't rely on, um, I guess, cheap self-help sort of mantras. Clear is kind. I like that advice. Well, we'll end on that note. I want to thank our guest, Elizabeth Damph, as well as everyone listening in. To read Elizabeth's post on imposter syndrome, visit www.ascd.org slash blogs. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Thank you, Sarah. This was fun. 